Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Welcome to Level Up Human! Hello and welcome to Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast panel show sipping up the homo sapien. We are back at the Barbican and we are going to be trying to see how we might change our species. As a result, we're joined by two experts and to judge and decide what we might change, on my seat on my left, we have Rachel Wheelie. Hello! So Rachel, um, how has your body been letting you down of lit? Oh, well, I mean, where to start, really? First of all, it can stop trying to communicate with me by um, giving me super weird dreams. I just, like, it would be nice if my brain would just tell me things in a direct way, like maybe stop eating so much cheese, just hold up a sign in my head when I'm asleep, rather than giving me weird dreams where all my skin falls off. Mm. Horrible. Extreme. I'm sure that could actually probably be some kind of level of human pitch, actually, if you want to have a complete skin change. Go full snake. Why not? I'm up for that. I just, I want the weird dreams to stop. And we're also joined by two experts seated on my immediate right. We have Kate Devlin. Hello. Now, Kate, you're a writer and a computer scientist based at King's College London. And I've been reading about your book, Turned On, Science, Sex and Robots. And at the risk of changing this into the Richard Herring podcast... Is having sex with a robot cheating? No. No. Audience? How do you know? Have you done it? Okay, legally, legally it's not. There's no legal grounds to class that as cheating. You could not get a divorce on adultery grounds with, if you had sex with a robot. However, it's between you and your partner or partners up to you to decide whether or not that's part of your relationship. But, but legally, you've no grounds for it. Tinder made with real tin. I can imagine this. <laughs> and I should point out, Rachel, I know at home you've got a Roomba, one of those Hoovers, which is sentient. If you're asking me whether I would have sex with my cleaning robot, which is a Roomba, uh, it doesn't have any orifices, so no. If that's it all does. you require. <laughs> he wasn't asking that, and I've just overshared massively. Wonderful. Um, can you tell us what's your next project? Because that book sounds amazing. Do you want to give, tell us more about it? 
Okay, well, um, so I spent the past four years researching how people interact with robotics and how that might go down some really intimate routes. Um, and the spoiler is that there aren't any sex robots out there for sale today in the world. There are prototypes out there. But we don't have actual ones you can buy at the moment. It's very, very niche. I think it'll probably stay niche. So I'm very interested in how we can adapt technology for intimacy and closeness and sex in new ways that don't involve making a Barbie-like robot. Can you, give, can you give an example, actually? Because that sounds very positive. Oh, I'll give you loads of examples. So, uh, someone has said, you know, what what would you have if you had if you could create the ultimate sort of sex tech experience? And I think it would be amazing to have a sex duvet. Right, so you have this duvet you can wrap yourself up in, and you could have it could be it could be made up of twenty breasts. It could it could purr at you. It could have bits that go rigid. It could vibrate. You could you know whatever you want. We have all this technology. We just have to put it together in new ways. Here's me just imagining a sex duvet would be a duvet that self cleans. That's what I was going to open for. <laughs> that would also be really lovely. Are we a bit concerned about the collapse of civilization as we know it, as everybody just descends no, into a sex no, duvet no, no. and never no, comes out? No, no, no. It's going to be fine. We're, we're human. We like the human touch. We like we like interacting with other humans. And we're very, very good at compartmentalizing it so that we have certain ways of interacting with machines and certain ways of interacting with humans. And we know how to balance that out. I think we're going to be okay. And we're also joined by Eric Drass. Eric has got an incredibly varied career, but you're currently an artist and curator working across a range of media. A lot of this stuff is digital. Um, also, you developed a technology that was a little bit like Prism. Are you evil? Very. Good. Can you tell us what, what got you into this kind of stuff? Why did you become so fascinated with technology and mixing it with art? Uh, well, I guess I started with my ZX81 on the bedroom <laughs> floor with a little TV. Um, and... I guess more recently, it's been about being fascinated by the interactions between machines and humans. What happens there when humans meet machines and when the machines have fought to meet humans? Well, to that end, you've actually got something which hopefully our audience can check out when they get home. It'll be on iPlayer soon. Could you tell us about your deep fake work? That's right, yeah. I've just recently been making a number of deep fakes, and one of which was a deep fake of Ian Hislop in a forthcoming BBC4 programme about the history of fakes and the history of fake propaganda. Well, let's wind it back slightly. Can you tell our audience what is a deep fake? Because I'm not sure, I've heard the phrase and I'm not sure fully I even understand what it is. Uh, deep fake covers a number of different technologies. In, in this case, it's about transforming someone's head into the head of someone else. So we got a dancer doing some crazy dance moves and put Ian Hislop on it. And is this likely to become a genuine real issue soon? Like, is propaganda going to be so easy to make? Uh, it's still somewhat tricky, but it's going to be an issue very soon. Yeah, it's already on top of us, let's say. Okay, so there's the future for you. Fake sex doobies coming very, very soon. Yeah, that's already been done. That was the first thing. That's <laughs> and we're also joined by our wonderful live audience here at the Barbican. <laughs> So, before we get all speculative and dive into the far future and decide what we'd like to see in the next stage of humanity, each of our panel have brought along a news story to tell us what is happening out there right now. Rachel, can you kick us off? Right, so uh, this is exciting. There is a new vaccine for Alzheimer's, which is on the verge of uh, transforming how we treat the disease. It's something which I had not heard of before called an endobody vaccine. So a normal vaccine will target bacteria and viruses which enter your blood. An endobody vaccine gets your body to deal with malfunctioning bits of itself that it would otherwise ignore. 
So vaccine against your own bits? Can you tell me any more about that? I'm, I'm yeah, so confused. Alzheimer's first... is uh, caused by plaques and tangles in the brain and your body doesn't do enough to get rid of those and so they can start building up from the age of 30. And what this vaccine is going to do is allow your uh, body to produce antibodies to start clearing those away and importantly, without inflammation because if there's loads of inflammation then the treatment won't work properly. Brilliant. Antibiotic uh, antibody dry cleaning of the brain on the way. Yes. Perfect. Kit, what new story have you brought along with you? Every year there's a massive computer graphics conference um, called SIGGRAPH and this year at SIGGRAPH they unveiled, uh, a Japanese researcher unveiled a robotic tail so you can have your own tail. Now, this is a cosplayer's dream, okay? So you can, a, a tail you can go around and it can move, it's articulated. And it's a lovely, lovely idea because it can be used to help people with balance issues. So if you add certain weights, you can make it so that if you're carrying heavy loads, you could balance with this tail that sticks at the back. Now, at the moment, you can't really walk around with it. It's tethered to all kinds of electronic devices. But thinking in the future, you could have uh, a tail that would help you carry heavy loads or just look really, really cool. And it's based on a seahorse tail, so it can curl around things and grasp them. Wow, that would be great. You'd be amazed when we turned this show around the country. That has been the most common suggestion. The thing which the audiences have wanted most, so much so we've had to cut it from most of the podcasts, is everybody wants a tail. Um, did anybody hear, was that going to be one of their suggestions? Be honest. We're not going to look down on you. One of people just suggested it because they wanted to have something else to put bangles on. That was genuinely true. <laughs> We found a few festivals that sell them as well. Yes. Probably not as sophisticated as yes, this, this is one. A, this is a super sophisticated one that can that can actually do things. I good. love the idea of being able to counterbalance. Yeah, it That's can be great. really, really useful. And especially, we've got a, a population that requires a lot of care. And one of the problems in, in care is, is lifting things and backache. And you could be able to use something like a tail to give better care by lifting and carrying with this counterbalance. So that's quite cool. It'll eventually turn us all into kangaroos. Because like one of the reasons why kangaroos that huge and armored tail is it allows it to do hopping, which is very energetically efficient. So there's the future. We'll all be jumping around everywhere. Eric, what have you brought along with you? Uh, mine's a bit more depressing, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> uh, the news this week that uh, Facebook and others are actually listening to all those recordings that you say to Alexa and Siri and you think is a magical faceless machine, is actually being transmitted to rooms full of people who are listening in to all sorts of things that might be happening while your Alexa is going on. So you're saying that we've confirmed the digital Stasi. This is a real thing. Uh, I think we've brought into the illusion that the machines are very, very clever and doing clever things without us, whereas in fact there's still a lot of humans involved and people you don't know are listening to what's going on in your home. What are we going to do about it? Not have them in our houses, maybe. Yeah, I'm quite keen on this. Wise, yeah. I'm quite keen on this anyway because I have an Alexa, and uh, my kids just will not stop asking it to play pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows, and I'm going to throw something out the window. I would love that though, because actually, surely that's the answer: is that if there is a real digital Stasi out there, we just give all these technology to kids, so they have to put up with I that actually, endless wittering. I feel a bit. A bit sorry for the rooms full of people who are listening in to what people say after Alexa or Hey Siri or OK Google, because most of it is just they want Spice Girls albums. It's going to get very tedious for those people to listen to. Well, one of the most popular questions for Alexa is, Alexa, will you marry me? So people talk dirty to these things all the time and the companies bring out patches to kind of 
catch all those things. So every time someone is really, really dirty and filthy talking to Siri or Alexa, there's a there's a patch that comes out to say you can't do that. Why? And surely why if do they, they patch it or why do they talk dirty to it? No, but are they giving Alexa a safe word? Is that what this really is? Pretty much. <laughs> But when you say patched, like to stop you doing it. Yeah, like, stop it, you doing it, yeah, they Because stop I'm, I'm going to try and break that now. I had go no interest it. in talking dirty to an Alexa, but now I want to see how far you can push it. We're all going to go home and do that But now. one of the really interesting things about the way I do think that technology for intimacy will go in the future is that people will have these conversational interactions with the robots, with the AI, and it's going to be the conversational things that are much more important than the idea of a robot in your home. Mm. Conversation is so important. Well, it's possible that some of those robots could be providing a bit of companionship to people. Absolutely. I mean, the problem is, of course, if it all gets beamed back to Facebook and listened in on, but... Well, that's the issue, isn't it? Is it yeah. your, your relationship with your Alexa when you're asking it to tell you a joke or play you a song, you feel that it's just a nice shiny box that does magic things. You don't really think that there's someone locked in a room somewhere who might be listening to that and writing it down. All the stuff that happens in the background when your kids are asking for the magic unicorn story you know there's who else it, it'd be, be other kids screaming it's all they'd be able to hear oh. there i can tell you that for nothing <laughs> so that's what's happening right now now we're going to leap into the future each of our guests here have brought along ideas of how they would like to change the species can we start with you eric what would you like to change and put into human 2.0 well it's not specifically physiological i'm afraid but it's the idea that we will develop digital versions of ourselves that will take care of some of the more tedious tasks so at the moment, we've got things like Google, who will write an email answer for you. But imagine when it gets a bit more sophisticated and you can make a digital version of yourself. For example, uh, a digital sober version of yourself that you could talk to when you're drunk. And say, oh, should I have that other drink? I'll just consult the digital version of Eric. And say, ah, oh, no, 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 you should go home now. Surely what you really need is the hungover, Eric. You need well, to do instant regret. I, the idea came to me because I was thinking, well, sober... Uh, God, I really wish I was drunk right now because I'd have a much more interesting idea. And vice versa, you know, when you're very drunk, oh, I wish I was straight. But yeah. So, okay, can we dig a little bit deeper into this? Is the idea basically that we want to have facets of our personality, maybe ourselves in certain contexts that we can consult in Absolutely. other contexts? You could, you could have a far more charming version of yourself that you put out on your social media. You could have a flirtier version of yourself on Tinder. You could have a very dutiful one that answers all those emails from your mum. You know, you can have a whole <laughs> set of versions. So rather than having a Siri that everyone has the same Siri or everyone has the same Alexa, everyone has their own multiple versions of themselves that they can kind of farm off some of the uh, tedious personal These writing. versions of us are going to get us into trouble, though, aren't oh, they? Oh, absolutely. It's you look at brilliant. your diary and you're suddenly like, oh, God, this horny version of me has made me eight dates in the next two days. How am I going to fit all of this in? Well, they're probably talking to a horny version of someone else who are just going to go on the dates for you while you stay at home and a cup of tea. Actually, there's a very good point you've just raised in that case. Are we creating different forms of, um, let's call it like a fragmented echo chamber? I would say that people are already displaying fragmented versions of themselves. The, the version of yourself you put on Instagram is always having a good time. Like, that's not really true. The version of yourself on Twitter knows all about the coolest, latest things. That's not necessarily true. But, you know, you're already making versions of yourself. I'm saying this is going to be automated and optimized. So this is absolutely the best version of myself for doing this particular time. Okay, so as a pitch, though, what are we... What are we? In the context of Level Up Human, I'm pitching, we're going to grow multiple versions of our frontal lobes. So basically a kind of a, a friendly version of uh, split personality. Where are we going to keep them? Our heads are going to get really, really big. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, enormous. 
Right, just loads so if loads I'm talking to you in this new version and I don't think you're being flirty enough, I could say, could you put in, me in touch with yeah. another bit of your brain, please? And then you hey, decide whether baby. it's a... So, so if you want to know what you would think about something when you're drunk, then you can tap into that with this yep. other secondary frontal lobe that you have. So good for creatives. Mm-hmm. And you could be on eight different things well obviously since these uh in my version are digital they can be living their own lives independently of you this, right? this is interesting also because so i'd love to ask what will be the function of them if they're living independently but this also reminds me of there is a black mirror episode out there a little bit like this where basically people are creating their own digital pas somebody mm-hmm. will know their preference somebody will be able to like program their toaster so it gets just the right level of brownness etc how is this not terrifying? Like black, I suppose Black Mirror, that's what Black Mirror does. It says technology scary in it. So how do you make a nice version of this that might be useful? How do we make it attractive to somebody? So the, one of the really nice points about that is that it will confine the government on privacy issues. So if you've got lots of versions of you out there, you're not going to be able to get all your data. I like that. It's going to be hell for the police and other authorities trying Excellent. to track down yeah, who we have no it problem was. With that. That Kate and I are quite happy to make <laughs> it help. We're, we're I see where this is going. This is kind of like, this is an anarchist pitch, isn't it? Okay, <laughs> privacy, cool. Privacy, not anarchy. You know, that right, privacy, okay. Yep, no problem. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to work out even what to call this because it's not quite digital slaves. Is it a fragmented self? A yeah, digi- let's, let's call it that, sure. Call it fragmented self. If if everybody on the planet had it and, and every new human born as of tomorrow had it, what would the impact of that be? Well, I guess uh, it would take care of a lot of annoying aspects of our lives. You know, certainly take care of the, the tedious dealing with other people. I imagine the workplace would be really useful to have a kind of really work-oriented version of yourself that can just answer those emails and go to those meetings for you. That'd be brilliant. See, the trouble I see in this, because like, one of my jobs is a comedian, and that means I've got a certain amount of self-loathing already built in. If I could have a physical or digital manifestation of that, I don't know how I'd deal with it, having something to direct it at. I quite like the idea I'd hit all myself. Putting one of yourselves in, in, like locking them in a room in your house and just being like, I don't want you out with me today. I'm going out with all the other versions <laughs> ah, of Ah, so myself. you're thinking about like turning off the drop yeah. part of your brain rather than... Yeah. Uh, well, maybe option self ostracization as part of this is this in the list then rachel does this make the short list uh it does yeah i'm I'm quite fascinated by this digital fragmented self i'll have a think about it see if i understand it any better by the end when i've drunk this pint than i do now would definitely help okay kids can you beat that what is your suggestion for the next stage of human evolution how are you going to change us well i had a couple and the first one was going to be optimizing the penis and that only really applies to about 49% of the population. So I'm going to go with my other pitch. And did you notice 49? Like 1% was already optimised. Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> We're slightly skewed. The world is slightly skewed with slightly more women at the moment. Oh, I thought it? there was just some really perfect There may be. There may be there. people out there. I haven't checked everyone individually. There may be people out there with an optimised penis. I'm not sure. So I'm going to go with my second pitch, which is I would like to introduce a magnetic north and the reason I say this is I I had a PhD student who was working on sensory substitution and augmentation and one of the things she was looking at was there's a a research lab in Germany that came up with this thing called the field space belt and it's a belt that you wear and it has lots of vibrating motors around it and it will always vibrate in the position where north is so when you walk around you've always got this sense of north so basically you become a human pigeon and I really like that idea (gasps) 
Because if you can imagine, right, it's the 31st of October, 2019, mm -hmm. midnight, boom, Brexit, no deal. Everything crumbles, right? Everything crumbles. We're in a post-apocalyptic landscape where Google Maps doesn't work anymore. And we want to get home from the pub. Google Maps isn't going to work anymore? Nothing's going to work. Oh Nothing's going to work. We're going for a worst case scenario here, right? right? So the whole of society is crumbling. I had no crumbling. idea no deal was this bad. Oh, it's that bad. It's that bad. Everything's crumbled and you can't find your way home. And, but fortunately, you've got Magnetic North. So you can work that out. Then you've got like triangulation. You've got this homing system and you can find your way home through having this inbuilt sense so of Magnetic the, North. So the body has an idea of where yeah. North is at all times. Yeah. And the thing is, the really nice thing about this idea, the field space belt, when they trialed it, people could get a sense. After a while, it becomes a sense. You acquire it. It becomes like second nature. They didn't do long enough trials to be able to see if this worked over a long period. But the, it looked hopeful that if you wear this equipment, it becomes part of you and you become attuned to it. So it's maybe not impossible to do. Can I dig a bit deeper into this? Because for a start, get an Uber, sort it. Uber won't work either. Well, Nothing's going to work. Nothing. But Nothing. This, this obsession of North, I am not a sea captain. Can we get ourselves some better <laughs> senses? Like okay. what else might we okay. be able to use with this? South. The same technology. We'll do South, okay. <laughs> okay but... West. How do you feel about East? <laughs> Pick your direction. <laughs> Actually, so for instance, I know a lot of people, like some of my friends, whenever they're looking to find where Mecca is, some of my friends have got prayer yeah. mats with compasses built into them. So people do care about direction in a more abstract sense rather than just finding our way around. But can we think of what will be more useful in the modern world than just direction? Bearing in mind, we have all the other tech already. What else can we do with these same kind of extrasensory well, one of the things about technology is that we're moving into an era where we are extending our cognition into the technology. So now we can offload all the tasks you don't want to do into a smartphone, for example. So if I want to know about direction or if I want to know about, if I want to store things in memory, I don't need to learn anyone's phone number anymore. It's all there extended in my phone. So can we bring that back into our bodies, <laughs> which we used to do, but without all that labor intensive thing of using our memory? Can we have some more instinctive way of storing that condition. So it's an integration is really yeah. what you're can we become, well, it, it sounds a bit transhumanist at this stage, but yeah, can we, can we, can we be as one with the technology? This is the thing Neuralink are trying to do, isn't it? Yeah, but not all that brain uploading crap. So okay, hold on. We, we, have to take, we have to take a step back here and explain what Neuralinking is and what not all that brain uploading crap is. Oh, so, okay. So there are, there are people who think that maybe you can upload your brain in, in, in terms of you know, digitally upload your brain and, and have it as software, which I don't think is, is feasible or possible at all. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. See, he said it even stronger than me. Um, I don't think that's possible at all. But I think it's interesting in how we use technology as an extension of us. So we are right now today using lots of technology that, that pretty much makes us cyborgs, right? I'm wearing contact lenses, so I'm practically a cyborg as it is. So, um, you know, can we, can we take all the benefits we get from that and reintegrate them without losing all the things we've gained? So for example, I use my smartphone, I use Google Maps, so I don't have to recommend, you know, learn any directions, but can I get that sense of direction back without having to memorize things? Can we also do something which isn't just in that case, constant internal candy crush? Like how do we how do we keep all that stuff out as well? I don't know. <laughs> well, you've got one of your spare splintered personalities oh, yeah. who's yeah, constantly yeah, yeah. playing Candy Crush. We're working so in problem solved. Here. <laughs> I'm still going to dig a little bit deeper in this because because it, it is intriguing this idea of like extra senses. And but I just want to go back to something because because I agree. I, I don't think the the human mind is um, analogous enough to a computer to be something that we can upload. 
why do so many people disagree with all of us? Because they really want to do it. They believe in it. So, you know, it happens. And people believe that their brain is going to end up in a machine. It's never going to happen. So we've been fed this years and years of sci-fi have fed us these ideas about technology. And it's really, really interesting to watch. If you go and look back over all the tales that go right back to kind of Greek myth, we have these wonderful stories about robots and AI. And that's shaped what our beliefs are about artificial intelligence and robotics. And unfortunately, they're not really good when you come to actually putting them into practice. So we have to look at what's feasible. And while we have these wonderful ideas and this wonderful hype around technology, we're kind of stuck in that groove of believing the stories and wanting it to happen. Is there any intermediate? Is there anything which is, I suppose, is there anything which is one of our dreams which is realistic? Well, I would say what Kate has mentioned about the cyborgification of humans is definitely an amazing thing. The fact that I've got a supercomputer in my pocket that knows everything about me and knows where to go and I can speak to people on the planet. That's an amazing thing that's effectively an extension of myself technologically. But it's not the same as uploading my brain. It's a, it's a different kind of thing. It's augmenting a human with technology rather than replicating or replacing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But we're talking about having a sense of north at all times. To go back to basics, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or a sense of home. Maybe we'll go for a sense of home. Oh, home well, pigeon. that's different. Okay, I've changed it. It's a sense of home. <laughs> um, so that you can always get back wherever you are. You've got this sense of where you need to be and you have this homing device built in. It, it just sounds like a country and western song, though. I've always got a sense of home. I carry it round with can... me. It's... <laughs> You can obviously, you can change the home to a different setting every time you move house or, you know, split up with someone. Or... Oh, can you imagine the admin of just being like, I'm just going to have to reprogram my brain now to get me home. When And then I'd be drunk and go to the wrong house. Yeah, that's um, the problem. I mean, People that happens that anyway. anyway, to be fair. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so a sense of home is now my pitch. Okay, a sense of home. So we're now not only a human pigeon, but a homing pigeon. A human homing pigeon. Homing Human homing pigeon. Human I mean, I can't not put that on the shortlist. That's Yay. clearly brilliant. Human homing pigeon with with um, a note strapped around my ankle. 
Yes. Or Please a smartphone feed me. under your wing. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Please okay. Lovely. Give them a huge round of applause. Right, audience, your turn. Do better. Come on. You know you can do it. Oh, straight in the front row. Please remember, tell us what your name is and then give us what your pitch is. Hi, I'm Matt. Analogous to Eric's position, but slightly different, I'd like plug-in emotions. So you know when, when someone at work tells you their cat's died and you don't give a... F you, you don't care. And you know when you have to go to a meeting and you don't care. And you know when, you know, you're really supposed to worry about something, but you just can't be bothered. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to have something you could just press that would make you feel that emotion just for a sufficient amount of time to pass in society as a normal human being? What, what profession are you in, Matt? PR. <laughs> is this about your deep self-loathing, Matt? The cognitive dissonance <laughs> is strong. Okay, so um, I feel nothing, but I, but I just have a way of, like, Ha making it happen in my brain. I think it's for called the, sociopathy, for the next isn't it? Four minutes. Um, well, well, actually, I suppose one of the things we could dig down into this is: is we want to be able to download and plug in the feeling, or are we able to be able to download and plug in the communication? Because Matt's suggestion there was mostly about faking it, uh, rather than necessarily. Because actually, I think it's more useful to fake caring about that cat than caying about that cat. If I had to choose. I mean, we'd be in bits all the time, wouldn't we? If we had to care about absolutely everything that happens. And as well, if it was done to like plugging in a feeling, we kind of already know a little bit what happens there because drugs exist. And that's people plugging in feelings all the time, pretty much. Usually the favorable ones. No one said, oh, I'd like to try some depression right now. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've had experiences with gin a bit like that. Yeah, but that wasn't your, that was not your intention. It that wasn't was just, what I went out for. That was just no, Friday. Yeah. So what do you think? I, I, only a cold-hearted, emotionless person would like that, and I, for one, really like it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm behind that, actually. I think that's really good. I yeah. think we found you a soulmate, <laughs> even if we haven't um, got it in there. I mean... It's cheaper than antidepressants, so I'm... Could it, I'm go, could it go both ways, though? Oh, Sometimes you just want to knock it off, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm too much of an empath some days. Of course, every now and again, it would be nice to return to the numbness of normality, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, Plug-in emotions. What are the range of options that we're going to have for this? That's what I'm interested in. So we're going to have, like, empathy for your colleague's dead cat. We're going to have... Euphoria, obviously. Euphoria, yep. Yep, party face. Super right. happy to be here at this party. It's so exciting. Yay. Yeah. Or just being able to turn off guilt. That would be great, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah yes, just I mean, like, oh, I've had enough of that guilt. I don't care anymore. I mean, this sounds like a thing that's just going to make everyone into total dickheads. Well, brings us back to or the Or maybe internet. we already are. <laughs> um, yeah, Is it on the shortlist then? Is Matt going to get I don't know. I don't think so. I'm sorry, Matt. Can Thank we give you, Matt though. a huge round of applause, yeah. please? about the next one. Well, the good news is Matt doesn't feel anything about that. It's okay. He doesn't know he's been rejected. It's completely fine. Oh, at the very back here, please. Tell us what your name is and what your idea is. Uh, hello, I'm Marcelo. Um, so, with the same line of that idea of, you talk about having backup organs. Uh, what about having a robotic version of your organ? And this organ not only would be robotic, but could be provided by very trustable organizations like uh, Google or Amazon. 
Uh, so they can predict what are you going to drink or what are you going to eat, and they would deliver, uh, for example, a glass of water if you are thirsty uh, or a bit of cheese. Is this, a, is this a body upgrade or is this just a new drone service that you've invented? I'm I don't know. It could, be, it could be a, a, body, a body upgrade. It could be like, a, imagine apple liver. <laughs> I, I won't even put a voice assistant in my home, so I'm not going to go for an organ provided by a major corporation. So no way. No way. That's very interesting. No voice assistant. No voice Google spleen. <laughs> Maybe the thing is also, because if a lot of this is down to the branding, like, you know, we want a, like, a, like a Gucci heart, you know, something like that, get some good knockoffs. <laughs> I like the idea of being able to plug in organs, though, in a kind of, you know, clunk click way. They run out of good. charge. You'd be stuck if you run out of battery. <laughs> Unless you, we could make it a bit like Lego. So as you're saying there, but you, for instance, if you are going out for a heavy session, you just add a couple on a couple of bricks of liver and you're sorted. Is this like a, a way of upgrading? Lego organs. Lego organs. Uh, I've sponsored really by Google. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed your pitch. Is this on here? Lego organs is on, definitely, yeah. I like that. Well, that's my Sorry, idea, we not changed his. it. Is that okay? Yeah, he seems happy. Great. <laughs> Lego organs is on. Hooray. Can we give myself a round of applause? <laughs> we, we do have time for a few more, I think. Um, hi, I'm another Matt. There's lots of them. Uh, I would like a very small eye on the tip of my index finger. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> I, mean, I can't understand why that wouldn't be an excellent thing to have. Uh, I've often dropped things into like small holes and not been able to like get them out, for example. And then you have to try and put a magnet on a stick to pick up a tool from behind the fridge. No, you don't. Yeah, no, you, you, I've, I've bought one. They come with like a telescopic thing. And you have to sort of I like, think you just want to tell everyone about your enormous telescopic magnet stick that you've got, man. I, I would um, like to, I'd like to back you up in this. Basically, we've had our drains looked at recently, so we've had to use that exact same thing that you're talking about. And being able to do that with my finger would be much, much cheaper. And think what prostate exams of the future could be like. <laughs> This is one of the things that I'm worried about. Is, is Does it like, have a light on it as well? Does it, yeah, no, actually, that's a good point. Can we add some bioluminescence to your pitch? E.T. <laughs> oh, I've, we've had some suggestions in the audience. They were saying E.T. I thought they were saying Bluetooth. I don't know why that's the case. <laughs> but yeah, E.T. has got one. Yeah, he's got that finger. And, he know. doesn't have a camera, though, does he? He doesn't no. have an eye in it. But I'm, I'm trying to think, because I'm racking my brains here, because I find, like, I'm an evolutionary biologist, I do a lot of work with animals and things. I find there's kind of proof of concept for most things like this. I think the difficulty might well be with your brain, because we're very, very good at like having both eyes basically pointing in the same direction at once. Are we going to have some kind of really weird vision as a result of having Oh, it's going to throw uh, you depth perception. Well. Chameleons do it. Chameleons do it. How do comedians do it? Chameleons. Oh, I think so. Not comedians. <laughs> you can't do it. So Where do chameleons have eyes? They have independently so, orientable oh, eyes. Oh, I see what you so mean, right. For their brain, they have to deal with two completely different inputs. Right, so, so we need the brain of a chameleon. Yeah, brain of a chameleon and an eye. And then you can have eyes everywhere. Yeah. I like it. It might not need to be an eye. It could be a camera. We've, yeah, okay, see, this is why we've got technologists here. We have an answer to this. Maybe we could work out if it would be worthwhile just having integrated technology for this. Yeah, so you can switch it on and off a bit more. Yeah. Rather than poking somebody in the eye while you poke somebody in the eye. No, that'd be weird. 
Is this on the is this one the list, Rachel? Yeah, I like this a lot. It's I weird it. and I and I can't think of a reason why it's not a brilliant idea. So yeah, small <laughs> eye on tip of index finger is in. Can we give him a huge round of applause? <laughs> We've got time for a couple more suggestions. Yes, we've got one at the very back here. Hello, could you please tell us what your name is? Oh, I'm James. Uh, can I please feel physical pain anytime I buy something on Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's on. Next. <laughs> Actually, that's, yeah, so you want to physicalize regret. I feel like I've already done that. I think my bit. levels of self-loathing have actually hit those levels at, at certain points. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you, do, you ever, do you ever get that thing, you know, where you wake up in the middle of the night and you think, oh, I remember dying at that gig in Salford five years ago. Maybe, you know, but like it's the sort of things where instant shame stuff comes back and it is physical and visceral. And you want to curl this is why we need hole. to be working in the opposite direction. Like less instant gratification. We are droning you the six-piece parrot outfit that you ordered when you were drunk two minutes ago. And more, I'm going to just leave that in your basket for three days. And you go, don't leave it in the basket for three days. And Amazon goes, it's better for you this way. Where is the compassionate kind of helpful, empathetic... It's incompatible with capitalism. Yeah. I know. That's how I was going to end the sentence. We need, we need internationally... a post-capitalist Amazon. We need communist Amazon. Yeah, mm. communist Amazon is not in the scope of this podcast. So, oh, you totally need to start that podcast. Yeah, we'll we come back. <laughs> Kate and I will come back and talk about communist Amazon. I would download that for sure. Uh, so it, it it is on, but it's not going to make it through. Next, <laughs> as, as an aside, I bet somebody could do that. I bet you like. Um, uh, any of my tech nerd friends who are listening to this, go out there and make a plug-in which amounts to a cooling-off period. Would that be a good idea? So, like, you, you, if you make a, a purchase that you regret, that you've got a chance to... Alternatively, if you're Catholic, you have that built in already in form of guilt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a half Catholic, half Protestant, so I have the Protestant work ethic and Catholic guilt, and so I feel really guilty when I'm not working. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you see, what you don't know, audience, perhaps, is that Kate and I are both from Northern Ireland. Ah. <laughs> it's a whole other kind of evolutionary strain of its own. Yeah, and you can, you can watch some, what's the word? As things slide backward there very shortly. You can, we, can, we can see evolution and progress and how yeah, things go. Really can. Anyway. This shortlist is looking absolutely nuts right now, so I really want to know what you've got to add to it, Simon. Well, I've got one final thing. So as a biologist, I've been scouring Mother Nature to see what they, she might have to suggest for us instead. And this time I'm bringing you the nine-banded armadillo. None of those eight-banded. Definitely the nine-banded. And the reason I'm bringing you this is because this creature almost always has... Four identical babies at a time. What are, they, what are those called? Quadtuplets? Every time it gives birth, it tends to be four identical quadtuplets. I mean, I've got three that I had two years apart, and I see no reason to have four at once. So <laughs> why am I not just drop-kicking this well, out of the my episode immediately? My, my argument here is partly because, of, you know, a lot of our guests, they're scientists, and this is surely the perfect... Perfect experimental setting. No, no, one is the perfect setting. You get one, one child. Within, <laughs> that's, that's within a generation, we could truly know nature versus nurture for nearly everything. What do we know about nine-banded armadillos and whether they feel well, the, the abandoned by 
mothers who go to Edinburgh Fringe Festival for two weeks in August. <laughs> That's just, only my mother-in-law laughing at that joke. <laughs> I mean, if humans got this, does this mean you have four identical children and you lock one in a cupboard or something? You only, need, you only need two. You need one, you need one yeah, to test and one, one is in a cupboard and one. I'm not yeah. sure I approve of the implication of this, which is that if you have quintuplets or quadruplets or triplets or twins, you should immediately sign them over to science. You're clearly not a psychologist. That's no, the first no. thought. <laughs> but the thing is, they're also like, okay, so they're identical. That's unusual. That's the bit that's really, really strange here. And this is the only mammal we find that does this. So it's kind of, here's the genetic stock, and we're going to keep using that same stuff again and again and again. So for a start, things, as we talked about earlier in other podcasts, organ transplants, instantly there. They're all identical. If any of your children say, oh, I leave him alone. He's your favorite. You're going to, I can't tell you apart. Well, you're also going to have all of your children wiped out by things, though, aren't you? Yes, They're true. all susceptible to the same stuff, so could be very sad. Also, um, that was too that was too dark. I can see that <laughs> people have their heads in their hands. Four car seats, right? Four buggies, uh, or at least two of those twin buggies you got to push along. Four carts, four sets of everything. Yeah, no, you're right. No, Simon no, has no. not looked into He's the not, price not of bugaboo, so. That's out, I'm afraid. Sorry. I'm not, no, on no level am I, am I thinking that's a good idea. Okay, in that case, I'm not on the list, but our suggestions that we have on the list is the digital fragmented self, the human human pigeon. You didn't go for the eye on the end of the tip of a finger, did you? I did. No, you it did. is on there. So yep, is Matt's eye on, the, eye on the tip of your finger. Lego organs. Lego organs. And then finally, we've got pain on purchase. What are you going to go for, Rachel? I think, ultimately, I like the idea of being able to get home from wherever I am, whenever I need to. So I'm going to go for the human homing pigeon. Well done, Thank kids. You when you went woohoo there, you could have done a little coo. So okay, how, of an aisle, sorry. How, how do you feel about this? Because actually, as you say, this is something which already exists out there and you have a student who's working yeah, on stuff yeah. like this. Yeah, so, um, you know, give us a couple of years. Give us funding. If anyone wants to, you know, give us some money, we, we can work on this. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's a good time to patent it whenever Rachel's just insisted this is in every single human from now on. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll see you uh, from my castle made of gold while I'm sitting on a <laughs> bed of money. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a wave. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Before we go, we've got one final thing to do. I want you to give a huge round of applause to our fantastic guests. We've had Eric Drass, we've had Kate Devlin, we've got our comedian Rachel Wheely, I've been Simon Watt, and a big thank you to the Physiological Society for funding us and the Barbican for hosting us. And of course, the wonderful audience have given us all your contributions. Thank you and good night. That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Physiological Society. For more information, go to levelupyoumen.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 